0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message.
1: Fantastic. Great. You're comfortable. There's a fan on you. Are you ready for the next two hours together? No, I'm just joking, just joking. Uh, we're so blessed to have the Battistools with us this morning. Um, they have been involved in leading and pioneering churches for 40, 50 years. Um, and they've been involved with Dubbo and Parks and that whole area that I don't even know geographically existed. Um, and they've been leading there and felt prompted by God a few years ago to come to Kiama, and they're planning a church there. And we're so blessed to have them with us this morning. Um, Pastor Brian and Charlie... Um, when they went on holidays, they were like, who should we get? And the first person on their hearts was Nathan and Mel to be here with us this morning. So you're going to be blessed. I encourage you, church. Please hear from God. Yeah. We're the beginning of the year. Take a moment and just let Him speak into your 2019. No doubt you'll be blessed this morning. So why don't we stand to our feet as a sign of honour of expectation and welcome up Nathan as he brings the word this morning. <laughs>
0: Well, it's good to be here in Nara. I, um, I looked at those comfortable seats and I thought, um, re- remember back in the day when they used to have the big chairs and the, you'd sit during the worship, the pastor would sit on the big comfy chair. So maybe they're coming back. The, uh, I can just picture sitting on that thing later this afternoon over at Himes Beach. Beautiful. Hey, it's good to be here. Um, for those who don't know, my name's Nathan. Um, I'm the, my wife and I, Mel, who's up the back, I think, somewhere. We moved to Kiama about nearly two years ago now to Pioneer Church. Um, There's no Pentecostal church in, in uh, Kiama. Hadn't been for about 10 years. So um, I've spent all of my life, bar, bar about six months, living out west When I say out west, we're talking out at Dubbo. I don't know if anyone knows where Dubbo is. But uh, I I, I lived actually west of Dubbo. So I'm not even going to say the name of the place because you probably haven't heard of it. But um, so we planted a few churches out west and um, we were getting hassled to um, go and look at Kiama. And I just thought, I'm not. You know, I'm a country boy. I grew up in the country. I love the coast, but I'm a country boy. And uh, we, would, we actually took a holiday at um, down south of here at uh, Mollymook And we said, okay, look, all right, we'll go for a drive. We'll go for a drive and go and check out the area. And um, as soon as we drove into Kymra, it wasn't because of those beautiful bends going through Gerringong, but as soon as we got there, we just knew that we knew that we knew that we had to pack it all up and go again. And mind you, we'd just built a building, uh, done a... 2 Year old church in Forbes that we planted. We'd built a building, done the whole build with cash. God had been good, we'd seen incredible miracles, but we just knew that we knew that we knew that we had to pack it up and we had to go again. And so now we're blessed to be here on the south coast, God's country, hey, loving it. It's good. And hey, it's, been, it's such an honor to uh, come and share with you early in the new year. Um, and Char- Pastor Ben and Pastor Charlie are just incredible people. and. Uh, Mel and I feel very honoured and blessed the fact that we only live 35, 35 kilometres down the road. Uh, we've started to do a bit, a bit of life with them and they're just such a, incredible people to be around. You can't, you can't help but be, uh, leave bigger and uh, with more faith when, than when you hang out with um, and I and Charlie. and you, you guys are just so blessed to have incredible, gifted, anointed uh, pastors with such great character. Like them, and uh, so I just want to honor them. And also, Beniah, funny thing was, when I was running youth ministries out west, um, I always was amazed at what God was doing here. I'd never been to the church here, all I knew that God was doing something among young people at Nara from afar, from a distance. uh, as As a young youth pastor in the day, I used to look at the things that were happening here uh, at Manor House Church now called Celebration Church. And it was just incredible to see the hand of God. And I know a whole lot of Benaiah's faith inspired our faith and caused us to go on that journey when we were running youth ministries. And I know even with, with Pastor Joel, that the greatest days are ahead with the young people. You know, I walk in today and I see passionate young people. There's something on this church ...for young people and it's contagious for all people... ...but I just know as a young youth pastor back in the day... This church, it was impacting even me out west of Dubbo in a little town of three and a half thousand people. you got to be encouraged to know that your church was impacting my wife and I in our little town and caused us, you know, to go on a journey of really being hungry for young people where we uh, at one stage had about a third of our whole high school in our youth ministry. And can I just encourage you to say that a lot of that encouragement and inspiration came from the like just watching and seeing what God was doing here. And it stirred something on the inside of us. And so be encouraged as a church. Your impact is greater than the Shoalhaven. Amen. Your impact is greater than New South Wales. Your impact is greater than Australia. And I just really believe in the life of this church, you are going to see unprecedented uh, influence start to go out. Amen. Amen. So there's... Here's my introduction. So my wife's up the front. Um, we love this area. We're just falling in love with it. Um, we love going over to Himes Beach. We love going over to Vincentia. That's like being our little getaway spot now. We love coming into your neck of the woods and uh, it's such a beautiful part of the world and um, I'm just excited. You know, watching, I guess we were here on that transition Sunday where Pastor Benar and Charlie were uh, prayed in and I really just had a sense that God's going to breathe over the life of this church in such a phenomenal way. And one thing I really saw over this church, and I want to speak into the life of it this morning, I saw a massive amount of salvations that are going to begin to take place in this church. I don't really know the history of this church. All I know is it's got a really great history. There's incredible people in the life of this church. But I, one thing I really saw was that there was going to be a lot of salvations in this area. And you're going to see a lot of salvations in this church. Amen? So I was looking through your website and I saw that you've got these different codes and I couldn't help but be uh, just be drawn to that code number eight that you have in the life of your church. I saw it on your website and it says, we are a house of salvation. What a great code to have as a church, amen? This is a house of salvation. We exist to see people saved, to move from darkness into light and death into life. We are a house where multitudes will come to Christ. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I'm telling you now, I saw it on that Sunday I was here. I saw multitudes of people coming to Christ. You know, you've got to be you got such a big property here. It wasn't made just to have a whole lot of grass, amen? Although grass is good, I don't believe this was, you've got this big property just to have a whole heap of grass. I really believe that you're going to see a multitude of people in this region come to know Christ, amen? Now, when we move to the south coast, you guys are welcome to jump down if you want. I'll get you back up shortly. What a, what a good worship team, hey? Mel and I, a few years ago, we were in a place called Peak Hill. Once again, it's probably a place 99% of you probably haven't heard of. It's a little old mining town near Dubbo. And there was this guy named Harry Leesman He was coming through. Now, Harry Leesman, the amazing thing about him, before Hillsong came along, the biggest Pentecostal church in Australia was the church called Paradise in Adelaide, now known as Influences Church. Um, And this guy named Harry Leesman, Influences church, um, it was seeing an incredible amount of salvations coming through. And what was happening though, the back door was as big as the front door. So there's a whole lot of people coming through getting saved, but a lot of people were being lost out the back. And this, this guy named Harry Leesman came in and he created this incredible discipleship process of actually taking people on the journey through salvation and ensuring that people aren't just getting saved, but they're getting equipped and empowered to be disciples, but to also be disciple makers who go and reach other lost people. And what happened, this church went from a retention rate of like 20%, all of a sudden they got it up to like 88, I think it was 83, 84%. And it was an incredible thing where they started to see this church explode. And the reason why I say this A few years ago, Mel and I were sitting in this little meeting in Peak Hill and we were asked to come and meet with this real general of the faith named Harry Leesman, this little Italian speaking guy. And he began to prophesy over Mel and I and he gave us this scripture and it was probably seven or eight years ago, but it's a scripture that for us, we really feel it's like a a scripture that is like our church planting um, story. And he just said to us simply, you need to remind yourself everywhere you go that the harvest is great, but it's the workers that are few. So he said, wherever you go, wherever you plant churches, wherever you take ground, you need to pray for workers for that harvest field. And he said, quite often what happens is we pray for the harvest, but the Bible says already says that the harvest is actually truly great. And can I encourage you, this morning here in Nara, that the harvest here in the Shoalhaven is actually great. Yeah. Amen? Amen? See, people try and say that the church is dying. People try and say that we're be- that this world is becoming more secular. Maybe it is, but can I encourage you this morning that although we might think that this world's getting darker, the darker this world might get, the lighter the light light of Jesus is. Amen. The darker this world is, the brighter we shine. Amen. The brighter we shine in a world that is getting dark. And can I encourage someone this morning to remind you that the harvest is actually truly great. Amen. You know, we might look around and say, people aren't hungry for God. People aren't interested in coming to church. People aren't interested in hearing about Christ. Can I remind you that Jesus said that the harvest is truly great. Amen. Amen. It's truly great. It's truly great. You know, we were told when we went to Kiama, it's a tough place. It's a tough place. Pentecostal churches have struggled. But can I just say this morning that, you know what, the harvest is just as great in Kiama as it is in the Shoalhaven, amen, as it is where we came from in Dubbo. It is truly great. Amen. And so can I can I say that this year, two thousand and nineteen, be reminded as your code, one of your codes this year that this is a house of salvation, that the harvest here in Nara, in the Shohaven, and on the south coast is truly great. Amen? But it says, and this is what Harry Leesman really drummed into Mel, Mel and I he said, but you need to pray for workers. See, the harvest is great, but we need to pray for workers. And I look around this morning, I see a whole bunch of amazing workers. I know there's a whole bunch of amazing workers that are probably still on their holidays. You know, I just came back from my holidays. You can see by the uh, the holiday unshaved face. Um, but you know, for me... The harvest is great, but it's workers that we need to pray for. We need to, we need to pray for workers to see what happens. There's a harvest out there, but quite often God is looking for the workers who are going to go and collect the harvest. And you know, the, the workers are His church. The workers are His hands and feet, His body, His people. Amen. You are his workers, you are his church, you are the collectors, you are the ones he's calling to go out into those places, to go and actually collect the harvest and to go and see a harvest that will fill, amen, that will fill the barns, that will fill this church to the brim, that will fill other churches here in Nara to the brim. Amen. Hey, if if you're someone who likes to write down a title for your messages, I'm calling this message today Matthews in our city. I'm going to read from Matthew nine verses nine to thirteen. this morning, I'm just going to share around this short passage of scripture. and what while I'm doing this, I'm talking about the Matthews that are in our city. See, here we see Jesus, he goes up to this tax collector, He goes up to this man and he spots the gold in this man and he calls out the greatness in him. And can I just say this morning that there are Matthews that aren't here in church this morning. There are people who aren't here this morning that God is calling out, that he's calling up that He's reaching out to, that He's ready to move in their life, that He's ready for you to encounter them and for them to encounter you through the love of Christ. There is Matthews in our city. And I want to declare over Nara and over the Shoalhaven that there are so many Matthews out there that are yet to be reached. Amen? Amen. This is a house of salvation. As Pastor Benoir and Charlie have claimed over the life of this church, this is going to be a house of salvation. Amen? Something to get excited about. Matthew 9, verses 9. The first part says, As Jesus walked along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Firstly, I want you to write this down. Who do you see? Can I ask you this morning, who do you see? See, when Jesus was going into that place, The Bible says he saw Matthew at the tax collector's booth. You know what? Sometimes what would happen, it's easy for us to say, you know what, I saw the tax collector's booth and then I saw Matthew. Because see, you've got to see back in those times, a tax collector was seen as one of the lowest of the lowest of the lowest scum of the earth people. And see, Jesus could have very easily have seen the tax collector's booth and then seen Matthew. But the Bible says he saw Matthew at the tax collector's booth. And can I just say this morning, who do you see? See, Jesus didn't just see a man, he saw the potential, he saw the future, he saw the destiny of this man. He didn't see who he was there and then, he saw who he could be. And the question is, and I wanna put to us this year, and you gotta know, I'm only here for one Sunday, I wanna preach something that isn't just something that we feel nice and cosy with, and then go home and get excited for the next two incredible weeks with Pastor Joel. But I wanna speak something into the life of this church that's gonna take you closer to the heart and the vision and the mandate and the code that you that has been charged on this church to be a church, amen, that is gonna be a house of salvation. Who do you see? You know, we'll walk out these doors this morning and we're gonna see a whole lot of different people Who are we going to see? What are we going to see? Who? What are we going to see on someone's life? When we go back to work, maybe you go back to work this week, maybe you've been back for a week, who do you see? Who do you see? You know, I think so often in life we get destination driven, we get so destination minded that our fix and our focus is on the destination and we miss that Stretch in between the now and the destination, but quite often God actually wants to move in the journey between here and the destination. And what happens so often, our mind is only thinking of the destination, maybe getting that milk from the shop, or maybe it's going and picking up that thing from the surf shop and what happens is their mind gets so fixed on that destination that maybe it's that little bit or that gap in between where God actually wants to move the most maybe it's the gap that's in between where the life that life he wants you to encounter or that person who he loves on or he wants to encounter and reach Is in that gap that is in between. You know, what could happen in our lives in 2019 if we actually said, you know what, I don't want to be so destination driven that I actually miss the moments, that I miss the bits, that I miss the gaps, that I miss the parts in between. You know, I've been amazed that when I've actually taken my eyes off just the destination and said, you know what, what do you want to do now, God? Who do you want to speak to now? Who do you want me to shine the love of Christ into now? Who's someone in my world right now that you want me to express the love of Jesus to? And this year, as we push towards being a house of salvation, you know, what could happen in the gap? What could happen in that spot between now and the destination? You know, quite often, I'd I, maybe I could be wrong, but you know, maybe a third of our life could actually be the gap. Imagine if we missed a third of our life, that gap, so much being fixed on the destination or on the goal or on the prize. And it's important to have a goal. It's important to have a prize. Most of us have already come up with New Year's resolutions and things we wanna move into. But what about the gap? What about the now? What about the bit in between? That could be a third of our life. What could God do with the gap? Amen? And this year, what could he do with the gap? What could he do with the bit in between in your life, in your friend's life, in your family's life? Amen? Amen. So first one, who do you see? That second part of verse nine, Jesus said, follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. See, here we see the calling of Matthews. And you know what? Jesus is still saying that today. He is still calling people, amen. He is still calling the lost person. He is still calling the sinner. He is still calling the broken. He is still calling that those people who don't yet know him. Do you believe that, church? Do you really believe it? He is calling out Matthews. See, I love the fact that Jesus didn't just sit there and rub his lifestyle in his face. You know, I dream of the day, and I, I know this is the sort of church where people know you more about what you are for than what you are against. You know, it's a sad day when people know more about what we're against than what we're for. You know, it's important we have our own convictions, but let's be a church who gets known for what we are for. You know what? We are for salvation, we are for transformation, we are for people, people's lives being shaped and formed. You know, I really believe in the life of this church that this is a church that is all about growing big people. know, this, as Pastor Joel says, this is a well. Your church is a well where people can come and drink. They can come and be nourished. They can come and be fed. They can come and be loved on. They can come and be healed. It's a safe haven, a safe place where people can be grown and not be hurt and damaged, but where they can be transformed to be all God's called them to be. Amen. Imagine if we see more of the gold in people than we do the garbage. You know, I love what um, I, l- I love what Carl Lentz says. Carl Lentz says he says, you know what? There's always gold in the garbage. Doesn't matter what sort of garbage is in someone's life. If you dig deep enough, you're always going to find a bit of gold. Amen. You know the Bible says eternity's planted in the human heart. What an incredible thing to know that when we walk outside of these doors after lunch or after morning tea or whatever, what an incredible thing to know that every person we encounter or that eternity has been planted in their heart. Amen. They just don't know it. So what an incredible thing to be encouraged by that every person you encounter this week, they may not like it, they may not know it, but eternity has been planted in their heart. Amen. Matthew 9 verse 10 says, Later Matthew invited Jesus. And his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and disreputable sinners. See, I love here that Jesus got in Matthew's world. Not only Matthew's world, he got in Matthew's friends' world. You know, I think the thing is, and the challenge can be, the longer we get saved, the more disconnected we can become from lost people. It's just a natural thing. I know even in my life I've got to keep challenging myself. Doesn't mean I've got to go and be a part of what the, a lot of the things they're doing, but I never want to get to the point where I'm so far separated or I'm so far detached from the world that I've been called to love and to reach that I've got my thing. You know, I think it's important we come together as the church and be championed and be encouraged and be equipped. But I also think it's important that we then get sent to actually go with that life-changing message that our world is so desperate and dying to hear. You know, I I love the fact that Jesus, he got into their world. He got into their mess. He got into their situation. You know, but I love that Jesus not only went into Matthew's world, but this is what I love about Matthew, that Matthew then, after he had this encounter with Jesus, the Bible says he then brought Jesus back into his old world. See, that's the incredible thing about salvation. When someone gets saved when someone's life gets transformed, you've got to remember their church before they found Christ was their world. Their church was their, pe- their family. Their church might have been their pu- the pub. Their church might have been their going out surfing every mo- morning. Their church was their group of people. And I love the fact that when Matthew encountered the love of Christ, he then not only did Jesus go with him into his world, he actually brought Jesus into his world. What an incredible picture. And I really believe in the life of this church as you see salvations, what's going to happen, there's going to be a domino effect start to take place and what'll happen, the influence is going to come from the people who may not be as equipped, may not have as much knowledge, may not even have been walking that long with Christ, but what'll happen, they'll then start to say, you know what, if he can change my life, he can change my mum's life. If he can change my life, he can change my friend's life. If he can change my life, Life, he can change my workmates' life. Amen? Amen. If he can change my life, he can change the lives of every other person in my school. Amen. Amen. So there's such a power and salvation comes. Because what happens is people realize what they've been missing, and they then want to take Jesus into that place. And when you get Jesus into that place, anything's possible. Amen. Amen. When you get the Bible says that all of a sudden Jesus when it ate, ate a meal with his disciples, the Bible says, with a whole bunch of disre, disreputable sinners. See, they these people, when it says disreputable sinners, they were recognised for their sin. They were known for their sin. Maybe their identity was their sin. What people knew them as was this is the type of people they were, but I love the fact that Jesus wasn't any bit worried about what they were known for, I believe what he was more worried about is who they're going to be, amen? Who they can become. Anything can change. Anything can happen when Christ comes into the centre of, some, of a situation. Anything can change when he's invited in to that situation. Amen? Now I've got this saying I use in Kiama, how can I expect people to come into my world when I'm not willing to go into theirs? how can I expect people to come into church with me if I'm not willing to jump into the world? doesn't mean I've got to go and do all the things they do. But I never want to get so tied back and tied down and separated from the world that needs to know who Christ is. That, you know, that what happens is how can I expect them to come in to my world if I'm not willing to jump into theirs? So that's for me. I, I find while I'm still, I wouldn't say I'm fit, but while I, while I can still move my legs... I join sports. I do stuff that gets me out among people. I want to be around lost people. I want to be around people who need to know Christ. I want to be a light that shines in dark places. Amen? As a church, I believe we are called to be a light that shines in dark places. I believe that you are the light of the world, that this is the house of salvation. This is a house where salvation is going to come, amen? And I really believe it's going to come as we influence, as we infiltrate, as we get in the spheres of influence in Nara, in Bommadary, in you know St George's Basin, in Barrie, in all the different from parts of the show haven and start to be that influence for him, amen? amen. In those places. Now, I've, we've got a key leader in our church. His name's Corey and he was doing a whole heap of work um, a few years ago. I think it might've even been on the Berry Bypass and he's got such a hunger to reach lost people and uh, the reason why I tell this story, you know, he he just sewed in and sewed in and sewed into all these people, and I, I remember I was chatting with him probably maybe 12 months ago, and he said, "Oh, this guy I was sharing with, and witnessing to, and just you know just loving on." I gave him a Bible at one point, and I was speaking into his life, and I was encouraging him in Christ. And Corey used to run amuck with him before he was saved. Used to, and he started. He got he got saved, and all of a sudden, he started to speak into the life of these different people. And can I just say this morning, one of the one of the byproducts who lives here in Nara, I don't even know the name of the place, but he, a byproduct product of someone speaking into the life of another. He's sitting here in the front row of this church this morning as a result of you know someone who was far from God. And I'd, I already asked him if I could share this, but you know the. For me, there's no more more greater power than a a face value proof of of a transformed life. You know, someone who's so far from God, from another country, and God brings him to Nara, gets work in Nara, God touches his life, God transforms his life. But the amazing thing is that Corey wasn't actually the one that led him to Christ. Corey spoke into his world, into his life. He planted seeds into his life and then a whole bunch, some people in Nara were able to see see that harvest start to take place and Sean's here as a result now of someone having the courage to get outside of their small world, to jump into his world. You know what? No one brought him to church. Someone took church to him. Someone took Christ to him. Someone took the love of Jesus into his world and he's sitting here, in church here at your church here in Nara because someone actually took Jesus into his world amen i reckon that deserves a praise or a god's good and can i just say that i really believe that's going to be a common trend in the life of this church do you have the faith to believe it amen Do you have the faith to believe that you can be a part of this story that God is writing? Amen? That you might be that seed planter or you might be the person that got to reap that harvest. I really believe as a church that the salvation Masses of salvation are going are to come as the church realises, you know what? N- you know, nothing happens on a Sunday if something doesn't happen on a Monday. Realising as the church that our greatest power isn't just on the Sunday, but it's grabbing what He's doing in us on the Sunday and ensuring that, you know what? That we don't just live for that one little hour of the week or two hours of the week, that we realise that we are His hands, His feet, His body, His church, And I quite often believe just as effective, if not the most effective church, when we take it into the greatest mission field, which is that 30, 40, 50,000 people within 10, 15, 20 kilometre radius of this amazing church. Amen? All right, let's move along. Matthew 9 verse 11 says, but when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples Why does your teacher eat with such scum? Now here you've got two different perspectives. And you know, I think in the life of this church, I really, I don't don't believe that there's that mentality. But this is the mindset we can quite often get as we get more and more disconnected from broken people, as we get more and more disconnected from people that are just desperate for the love of Christ and need The love of Christ in their world, what happens? We can have two two different perspectives. See, these Pharisees, they said, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? See, all they saw was who they were. All they saw was the fact that these guys were recognized sinners, they were recognized scumbags, they'll recognize, you know, people who were just, you know, so far from the love of God. And all they saw these people for were that. See, they saw the garbage. They spoke the garbage out. They saw that. But I love the fact that Jesus didn't see that. See, we can look at people with two different perspectives. We can look at people for who they are now. Maybe they're far from God and we can label them, maybe not verbally, but we can label them. And what happens is we speak those words over their life and the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. See, we can say we. Can, I think quite often we talk ourselves into believing that someone's further from God than what they actually are. You know, I think that we've got to realize that maybe someone is actually closer to God than you realize, you know? We have a choice. We can either see someone as a disciple or we can see someone as scum. You know, there's two different perspectives. What could happen if we started to call people out for who they can be, amen? If we started to call people out. You know, I know the charge on this church is that you are a house of salvation, that there are people outside of here today, that maybe you've got family members and you can start to speak out in faith today that they're gonna get saved, amen? That you've got friends you've got people who you're influencing in your life that you can start to declare with your tongue, with your mouth and with your faith that they're going to get saved. Amen? Matthew 9 verse 12 says, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Now I really believe where, and it's a common thing that gets said, you know, we're called to be a hospital for the hurting, for the broken, for those who need healing. You know, I, I, I've heard it this morning and I I've, I've see it on your website. This is a well. This place is a hospital, it's a well. It's a place where people can come and get healed, amen? It's a place where people can come with their hurt, with their trouble, with their baggage, with their brokenness and get healing, amen? You know, I think, but if we're not careful, our churches can lose sight of being a hospital and can become a country club. They can become a membership club. They can become a place where you've got to have a strict, there's a strict membership There's a dress code, a strict dress code. We've got to speak a certain way, dress a certain way, look a certain way, and exclusivity about it. You know, I I don't believe the church was ever meant to be a strict, exclusive, chosen, frozen, for or no more little place for the few who've got it all together. Amen. I really believe that his church was always meant to be a haven for people to come. Amen. A safe place where you know you can bring your friends and they're going to find healing, amen? A safe place where you can bring your friends and you know they're not going to get marched out those doors. A safe haven where you can bring people and know they're going to get championed, amen? They're going to get loved on. They're going to get celebrated. They're going to, get, they're going to go leave this place larger, more encouraged, more empowered in which they came. Amen? But the thing I like about a hospital Quite often we just see a hospital as where sick people go. But the thing I love about a hospital, a hospital isn't just filled with sick people. You can walk into, for example, Wollongong, Wollongong Hospital. Uh, we know that one well because in the early stages of us moving to Kiama, we spent a lot of time at Wollongong Hospital with our son Harvey. He's just injury prone. One day he had this, he got this huge compound fracture in his arm the week before he was due to play his first game ever of rugby league and he's been, loves his rugby league. And, you know, you walk into that hospital at Wollongong, maybe you've been there, it's enormous. See, hospitals aren't just full of sick people. You go into hospitals, there's doctors, all different sorts of doctors. There's all different sorts of nurses. There's specialists, there's surgeons, there's people that fly in and fly out. There's carers, there's even chaplains that come in. There's so many different people that are there with the one common goal and one common purpose is that you would leave that place better than when you came. Amen? And I really believe that as a church, see... This isn't just a hospital for broken people to come, but it's a place where people are raised up, amen? Where gifts are championed, where surgeons, people can move in the prophetic, people can be raised up as evangelists, where people can move and be discipled to be disciple makers, where worship leaders are made, amen? Where maybe for you, you've got a business. Maybe it's a place where kingdom entrepreneurial people are championed to go and actually make a difference for God. Sorry, I get passionate. But you know, for me, a hospital is a place not just for broken, but it's a place where you get raised up. Amen? You get empowered to be a part of this incredible thing of seeing humanity healed and made whole, amen, and restored. And I love the fact that when God does it, he does it through <coughs> his church, amen. Sorry, I haven't preached for about four weeks. He does it through his church, amen. You might be the sur- a surgeon here today, you might be a doctor amen, to the broken. You might be a nurse to the broken. You could be a chaplain to the broken, amen. You could be a carer. You could be a hospitality person to the broken. You know, all of us have a role to play, amen, in his church. All of us have a role to play in him transforming and touching humanity, amen. (coughs) I might ask the worship team to come and get ready. Matthew 9, verse 13 says, Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifice. For I've come not to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. You know, I love the fact that Jesus there, he simply told the Pharisees simply what he was saying. And if you look in the footnotes of it, he was simply saying to the Pharisees, Go and have a read. Hosea 6, verse 6, and simply what he was saying to them is, You know what? I actually prefer mercy over sacrifice, I actually prefer acts of love, grace, and kindness over compliance, rituals of religion. You know, that's what Jesus was valuing. He was valuing people that say, You know what? I want to show love, I want to show compassion, I want to show mercy, I want to show kindness. You know, there's Matthews in our city. There is Matthews in this city who are yet to be reached, amen? It was only a short 15 years ago. I found myself locked up in the overnight cells in Dubbo Police Station. My life was a mess. Didn't know Christ. Had a drug addiction. My life was going nowhere, nowhere fast. You know, I grew up as a teenager always having to feel like I'm about to prove myself. Whatever it was, I always felt like I had to be extreme. So I took up BMX, freestyle BMX riding, everything had to be extreme. Because for me, I, I wanted to prove to people I had what it took. You know, I had to prove to people I was extreme. And it took me on this lifestyle of extreme living. And I I was just a broken 20-year-old man. And, you know, that that night led me to a whole bunch of bad decisions, which took me to a place where I got severely bashed up and, you know, bashed quite badly to a point where I was not in a good way. And, you know, but the thing about that, it actually, from that night, from that encounter where I could have very easily been wiped out, someone actually took the time to share the love of Christ with me. Someone actually took the time to be the church. I didn't have to go into a church. Someone took the church to me. Someone took the power of God into my life, spoke into my life, spoke into my world and reached into my broken situation and saw that, you know what? You are a Matthew. You are someone that God has called to greater. You know, if you'd told me that I was going to be pastoring churches and planning churches and preaching, I hated public speaking. I still have to pray every time I do it. You know, but for me, God is good, Amen. He's not finished with my life. He's not finished with your life. And there are people just like me. There are people just like you that He wants to reach here and now. Amen. There's people just like Sean yet to be reached here and now, here in this Shoalhaven region. And I believe with all my heart that this church is going to be a house of salvation. Amen. As Pastor Ben and ben- 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 Charlie said, that multitudes are going to come to Christ in this house. Amen. Amen. The multitudes of people are going to find faith. Through the, through the life of this church. Amen? Not just through these services, but through you, his church. Amen? Now I want to finish with this story. On the 4th of January, only a bit over a week ago, I was at Vincentia measuring up a house. I'm a, I am ai design houses for a living. I do a, quite a lot of work around Vincentia in that area. And I'm I'm measuring up this house. Beautiful part of the world, but a terrible place to drive to on the 4th of January, especially to get back out onto that highway. And I'm measuring up this house, and I'm measuring this house, and I see this guy with his $250,000 Mercedes parked in his garage. And by that point, I'm thinking, and I knew I should have looked at, I, I knew I should have waited and quoted his job till after I looked at the house. I could have maybe easily put a couple of thousand more dollars on top. But you know, I, lo- I looked at this house and um. I I measured up this house, thought nothing of it, measured the house, you know, didn't think much of it at the time, measured this house, and then I'm down uh, south of Ulladulla camping, and my, my daughter brings all these carter shells to me. And I see these Zikata shells and straight away the Spirit of God spoke into my life and He very much spoke it for what we're called to reach in Kiama. There's a very strong, wealthy demographic in Kiama. And sometimes when I get into my head, I think, how the heck are we going to reach these people who think they've got it all? They feel like they've got it all together. And I see these cicada shells and straight away the Spirit of God speaks into my heart. And He says, you know what? There's people, especially wealthy people out there who are exactly like that cicada shell. They are hollow. They are empty. You know, there is an emptiness inside of them. And you know, then this guy that I measured that house for, he texts me and he says, random question, but are you a Christian? This is while I'm away. And I'm like, what? And he says, you a Christian? I said, yeah, I am actually. And he said, "I just—I've been racking my brain over over the last few days as to what it is about you." I didn't say anything directly to him, but I believe that when I go into my world, whether it be through my workplace, having a coffee, going shopping, that I am a light that shines in dark places. Amen. And you know, he said, "It's just something it was just something bugging me about you." And he said, "I just—I I just had to ask." He said, "Are you a Christian?" and I said, "Yes, I am." And he said. And he just shared a little bit of his story. He's got a holiday house at Vincentia. And he just said to me, he said, Look, he said, I've had some real bad health issues. I'm thinking of selling up in Sydney and I'm going to move myself down to Vincentia. He said, I've had health issues. And he said, I've got A whole lot of stuff I've done has been very successful. But he said, I feel, this is the word he used, hollow. I feel hollow straight away I was so excited and I thought, you know what, isn't it good when God gives you preaching material for the very place that you, you know you're about to go and preach at? And for me, it was a reminder, I believe that God was speaking in to encourage my spirit, to encourage into your spirit, that He has a heart to save lost people here in Nowra, amen, here in the Shoal Haven. You know, I believe He spoke that, He used that simple He used that simple word to stir up my faith, but so that I could speak it out to stir your faith. Amen? That He is looking for, He is searching for, He is loving on, He is reaching out into lost people. Amen? Amen. But can I encourage you, just like me, just like Sean, I may not have been here if someone hadn't actually have reached into my life and into my world and shared the love of Christ with me. And can I just charge you as the church in 2019, would you be the sort of church that realises that this is a house of salvation? Amen. I'm going to read it to you again. This is, your, this is one of your celebration codes. We are a house of salvation. Come on, let's just stand for a moment. We are a house of salvation. Do you believe it? Come on, say it this morning. We are a house of salvation. Amen. Do you believe that? You are a house of salvation. This is celebration church is a house of salvation. Amen. You as his church, you are a house of salvation. Amen. He is building your life to be someone who is gonna bring salvation into someone's life. Amen. We are a house of salvation, we exist to see people saved to move from darkness into light and death into life. We are a house where multitudes find Christ. Amen. Come on, just for a moment, just lift your faith. What does that look like? Multitudes coming to Christ. Just close your eyes just for a moment. Just start to picture it in your faith. Multitudes coming to Christ. See, I believe we've got to start to see it. Amen. The Bible says the harvest is truly great. Now let's take it back a step. What's it look like for one person in your world to come to Christ? One, the one. Because it's always been about the one, amen? See, there's Matthews in our city, the one, amen? Multitudes are gonna come to Christ, but there's Matthews in our city, The the one, the one, the one, who is the one? In your life, who is the one you're called to love on? Who is the one you're called to reach? Who is that one person you can share the love of Christ with this week? Who is that one person like me when I went over to Vincentia? to go and shine the light of Christ, where he can maybe just see the love of Jesus on my life, where I can be in that place at the right time. I thought I was just going there to make some money and to go and measure a house. No, I was there to go and shine the love of Christ to the one. Amen. Come on, let's just close our eyes. I want to pray for you. And you know, if that's you this morning and you want to be part of His church, you want to be someone who has a heart to see souls and salvation, you know, it's, I, I think that we see salvation happen in churches when the church takes this call serious. It's never meant to be a pressure thing. You don't have to save anyone. What a pressure release to know you don't have to save anyone. You know why you don't have to save anyone? Because you can't. All you've got to do is point them towards the one who can. Amen? And you know, someone who's got a heart for evangelism, I can't help but preach this everywhere I go and empower, I want to empower and inspire your church this year to take this code number eight serious that you are a house of salvation. It happens when we take this deep underlying passion and message outside of these four walls into a lost and a broken dying world. Come on just close your eyes and I want to pray for you. I just thank you so much Holy Spirit that you are drawing people, you are calling people, you are moving in people's lives. I thank you that there is no pressure, there is no condemnation. This is not a works driven thing. I thank you that what we have to do is live out a life that shines your light, that honours you. I thank you that this is a house of salvation. I I speak faith over the life of Celebration Church, that salvation is coming, that there are multitudes who are going to come to Christ. But Lord, I charge your church, I champion your church this morning, God, to realise that they carry the same presence that raised Christ from the dead. I thank you that it dwells inside of us. I thank you that there is salvation that is coming to Nara to Bomaderi, to Sh- Showhaven Heads to Barry to Vincentia to St. George's Basin, Lord, to this entire region. Lord, I proclaim salvation. Lord, I declare that there is gonna be conversations that are gonna come about, that your Holy Spirit is gonna come and go before us, that you are gonna draw out conversations, that you're gonna move in ways that are gonna blow our minds. God, I pray that you would enlist every person, God. I pray that you would strengthen every person to realise they don't have to be Mr. Evangelist. They don't have to be Mrs. Evangelist. All they have to do is love you and know that they have been called to shine your light into this world. Lord, I declare that this will be a house of salvation. I declare that not that it will be, but this is a house of salvation. Lord, I speak faith over this house. I speak life over this house. God, I thank you that in 2019, as we're looking at ways to improve ourselves, Lord, get our eyes not just on ourselves, but onto our world, God. Put our eyes on lost people, on the broken people, Father. I pray that this building would blow out to the maximum, God, that we would have to, Lord, add services, Lord, extend buildings, God, and start to think creatively, Lord, to do things, Lord, that things that maybe have never been done, Lord, I speak life over this church. I thank you for the heritage of this church. Lord, I declare that salvation is coming. Salvation is here. Salvation is happening, God. You are calling. Matthew's in our city. God, there are broken people right now coming, coming to the foot of the cross, coming into our lives. You're calling us to them, God. You're drawing us to them, God. You're moving in their lives, God. I thank you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare salvation. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Joel.
1: We're just going to do a few more things before we end. So service. why don't you thank Nathan again. That was awesome. <laughs> Word from God: We are a house of salvation. Who's believing that for their families and workplaces? I love that moment there where uh, Nathan took it from multitudes to the one. I even found myself being challenged on the front row. It's so easy to be like, "Yeah, the whole city," but who's the one? Who's the, the tap getting turned on and starting to flow in your workplace, in your family? Who are you believing for? Get the one. Make a more than a faceless crowd you and Jesus are going to reach. Think about where he's placed you. So good, so important, so amazing. We're going to finish in a song in a moment. We're just going to do a couple of things. If you're in this place, um, feel prompted to respond to Jesus. Um, Our service will be finished shortly. Feel free to come up the front. We want to pray with you. Uh, If you don't feel comfortable doing that, celebrationchurch.com.au forward slash Jesus. We've got a whole bunch of content on there that'll help you take those first steps with Jesus, devotionals, a prayer to say, ways to get connected in there. So if that's you, we don't want to let you miss the opportunity of today. This is the house of salvation for you. So we're here to support you there. Can you take your seats for one moment before we sing? We're just going to take a moment in our service. we believe as a church that we're blessed to be a blessing and we're so blessed to have the Baptist with us this morning, but we're going to take a moment for a love offering. Uh, we believe in a church family, we're not just called to look after and maintain ourselves, we're called to reach and bless others. And we are very thankful for the friendship that Nathan and, and Mel are to our house, but also we want to support them. Uh, so if you feel prompted this morning to give, we're going to have some cups in a moment also. Our offers will be open after the service if you want to give a like, card or check or money or order or whatever, barter, if you have a, a goat you would like to donate to them, they can take back to Kayama. that'll be good there, but please, let's be the kind of church that actually realises we can bless them, because I was blessed this morning, what an amazing word for us as a church family, in a few months, we'll actually possibly be preaching on that code specifically uh, towards the end of February, which is going to be great, and we've got some, ah, it's going to be a good year, I'm pumped already, I'm pumped, are you pumped? Yeah. Say I'm pumped. So host team, if we can get those cups, we'll hand them across our aisles and then we'll do one more thing together as a church family. Ben, you can play, yeah, do your thing. Why don't we stand together as a church family? Uh, I want to pass my own Charlie from the very first week of our name change. We've taken a moment at the end of every service to commission us so that we go back out into our families and friends because we are called not just to be here, but to go out and carry it. Come to the hospital carry the hospital, be everywhere. So this morning, if you are physically able, socially adequate, I want you to put your hand on the person next to you, hold hands if you want around their shoulder. And I want to pray that we go out this week and be Jesus. And then as we're going to sing this song together, the chorus of our new song this morning. So why don't we pray? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have called us to carry you everywhere. We pray that this week into the darkest places, into the hardest conversations that we carry your life and your light, Jesus. We thank you that you are not the God of Sunday, that you're our God. So God, we pray for boldness and courage to step out. I pray especially, God, that there be uh, grace to understand we're a house of salvation. We pray for God moments to lead people one step closer to you, Jesus. Give us boldness and courage to step out. We pray blessing, protection over our church family, healing over those of us that are sick or in hospital. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Church, why don't we sing together this song together. Thank you, Jesus.
0: We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.